They just came on now. Let's try to get closer to the stage. Sorry. Do you want to go on my shoulders? Yeah, that'd be unreal, thanks. Wow. Three celebrates connections made by music this summer. Find out more at 3.ae forward slash music. Blog Talk Radio. Neuroscience is that um, 
while the brain is still very much kind of a scientific frontier, it's also something that each of us feels very familiar with. I mean, you know, we we are we understand ourselves to some extent, and and we want to know more. We want to know why do we behave the way we behave, or why do we see the world the way we do, um, and so. Uh, writing about neuroscience lets you bring together people's um, great curiosity about their own minds with some really exciting science. Mm. And uh, I suppose you've got, you know, you've got the subject in hand um, to a certain extent, but also the whole mind-body thing, and it's, it's quite um, fascinating, you know, to look at. It's the mind is a separate entity, as well as the mind as, you know, intrinsically part of the body. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a... It's a that's a big trade-off, and I try to be careful in my pieces. I don't want to be totally reductionist and say, oh, you know, you're nothing more than a few stray neurotransmitters. Um, and, you know, our lives are not simplistic. And while neuroscience may, may tell us something about our lives and, and why we experience it the way we do, um, you know, one particular fMRI study is not going to encompass all of human existence. Hmm. But are you surprised just how much is mappable as you move forward? I mean, just how you know, even emotions and you know things that seem so mysterious seem to be you know follow a kind of set of laws. Um, well, yeah, it is, it is surprising how um, how scientists can you know, set up experiments to study just about any kind of feature of our lives, you know, whether it's, um, you know, um, uh, courage, for example. Now, you might think that courage is not really something that you could reduce to a scientific study, but um, actually there are ways of running experiments where you can kind of pinpoint um, what's going on in people's heads when they're living courage versus not. Uh, and so there are the, all these different aspects of, of human experience that do, as you say, uh, end up uh, being able to be the subject of science. Um, what I actually find interesting is that there's, there's a lot going on in our heads that we're not even aware of. We can't even begin to ask the questions about them. Um, so, for example, you know, we, we always think of uh, our brains as a collection of neurons where, that are trading signals with each other and, and processing information. Well, that's, that's, that's true, but that's not the whole story. I mean, um, by some estimates, actually, neurons are only maybe 10% of the cells in our brain. Um, so all the rest is a, is a totally different kind of cell called glia. And glia, that's Latin for glue, and it basically tells you what people used to think uh, that these cells were for, that they just held the neurons together to do the do the thinking. Uh, but you know, now I just know that, that glia are are a lot more important to lots of different things. Um, they are they they actually you know send neurotransmitters to, to neurons. It's even possible that they're processing some of their own information in their own way. Um, you know, our neurons are kind of digital. They send signals that are little spikes of voltage on off on off. Some people think that some of the glial cells um, work more like analog, with sort of rising and falling concentrations of calcium inside of them. Um, it's just totally fascinating. And there's something that um, 
just can't guess <laughs> just from sort of thinking about your own life. There's this whole frontier in, in the brain where there are things like that that, that you can write about. Mm. And, you know, after reading your book, I thought, I'm a neuroscientist by training, <laughs> but I was quite surprised to find, um, coming from a humanities background myself and also being a little bit drawn to science, that you're not actually a scientist by degree. Do you feel in some ways that your humanity background is better suited to science writing than a science degree would be? Uh, I, you know, there, there are great science writers who have, you know, PhDs in genetics or what have you. Um, but, I mean, for me, I, I do feel like I've given me certain advantages um, that, that, I can take, that I can make use of. I was an English major. I was interested in science, but I mean, really, I was spending my time in college um, reading um, great literature and trying to learn how to write, and that was a lot of what I was doing then. And so, I I learned a lot about what makes for a good story and how you um, bring a reader and carry a reader along. Uh, and bearing in mind what the reader knows and doesn't know. It's a very social um, action, uh, writing a, a story or an article. And I think a lot of scientists, when they are learning themselves how to write, they, they have to struggle with that because they tend to see writing as just a place where you put information, kind of data dump. And that's just not how it works. If you really want to write effectively, um, you have to really... You have to learn from really great writers, and um, I'm happy to say that being an English major uh, is a great way to do just that. Does it also go a little bit beyond that, though? So, I mean, not, I don't know if there is a beyond having great writing, but, you know, is there also the sense 